Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2015. This is Danny talking about Step 2. Good morning, my name's Danny. I'm an alcoholic and I'm sober today. Um, great opportunity to come here and, and speak and always get a bit nervous and, you know, and then remember that, um, you know, like Amy said, it's an opportunity to be helpful and, you know, it's great that the, the group's put this on and hopefully it'll become, you know, a regular event. And, um, yeah, I guess... Step two, came to believe that power grain ourselves could restore us to sanity. It's almost like it, you know, should be in step two and it should be step 13. Not the, tradition, not tra- the traditional step 13, <laughs> but, you know, ultimately it sort of culminates, doesn't it? It's the idea of a solution, you know, and, um, and I guess that for a long time, you know, like I didn't have an idea of a solution, you know, like I, I heard a... Um, you know, a definition of hope just the other day that, um, that I really liked, you know. And it was um, a confident expectation of a life good, you know, and I definitely didn't have that either. Um, I started drinking, as anyone else does, as a teenager, you know, experimenting and, and um, you know, like I was, you know, um, I guess in hindsight, you know, I was gone pretty quick. You know, I do remember my first drink. You know, my parents went away for a basketball tournament to Adelaide and, uh, and I remember, you know, Dad had his bottles above the fridge and, um, you know, like I sort of wondered what it was all about and what it did, you know, and, and I got down, you know, and years later he told me it was a present, you know, that it was a bottle of his um, Johnny Walker Black Label and, you know, and I didn't like the taste of it when I first had a sip, you know, so I just poured shots and, um, and just chased it down with Coke and... You know, and I drank the bottle down to a bit, you know, about two-thirds of the bottle. And, um, and I was sitting in the lounge room, and I was the only one at home. And, and you know, I was about, I think I was 15. And, and um, you know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I don't understand what this is all about. Nothing's happening, you know. And, um, and then, obviously, I've had one more. And, um, and that was it, sort of, you know. I, uh, you know, carried on like a yo-yo out, out in the street, tried to accost the, the girl across the road, um, tried to fight one of my neighbours, spewed up all over the lounge room and, you know, and passed out. And I guess, you know, that's the story of my drinking. You know, it's... Um, every time I've picked up a drink, you know, I haven't been able to control the amount that I took, you know, and, um, and for a long time I just thought that's what I wanted to do and... And I did it. I came from a good home. I had loving parents. I sort of, you know, um, I had good opportunities. And, um, and yet, you know, there was something definitely missing, you know. I sort of gravitated towards risky behaviour, towards, you know, other kids that, you know, kids that came from, you know, houses that had big problems. And, um, you know, I guess that I was, um, you know, searching for a place to fit in. Um, I had troubles with relationships with other people from an early age, you know, and I wasn't unpopular. Um, you know, I had friends. Um, I guess it was the way I perceived myself, and and you know, like I got picked on at school by older kids, you know, uh, on occasion, and and um, and you know, another thing that I didn't didn't understand, and you know, like I it sort of started this fear <coughs> process, you know, that I started to sort of 
live in fear and I lived in fear for years, you know, and I tried to combat that fear by, you know, um, by, yeah, trying to act a certain way or, you know, um, and I, I acted as if, I guess, you know, I sort of tried to put on this persona that, you know, that I was a tough guy and that, you know, I could sort of handle myself and, and I took that to the extremes, you know, and, um, and I continued to drink and I started to, you know, to use other substances as well and, you know, that had the same effect on me and, and um, by the age of 18, you know, I entered my first institution, you know, I was locked up and, um, and that just started a cycle or, you know, the cycle had probably already started but that started a cycle, you know, over the next 18 years that, um, you know, that just, you know, repeated itself over and over and over, you know, and... Um, and I just kept trying to, to, to combat that by, you know, uh, by more control. Control, 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 you know. And I went into, you know, into, into my head for all the answers, you know. So effectively I made my mind God, you know. And, um, you know, I didn't listen to anyone. I couldn't listen to anyone, you know. And I came to my first meeting, you know, at 19. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd been in and out of institutions in about 10 years, you know, I'd sort of had a gut full of that, you know, I'd had a gut full of the fact that, you know, like the people that I gravitated towards, you know, that I was talking crap and they were talking crap and, you know, and um, and I had a young family in 1998, you know, and uh, it was the, you know, probably the first time that I thought, I, I, you know, I've got to change things, you know, and, and it wasn't about putting down the drink, it was about trying to manage it, you know, and for the next, uh, you know, eight years or ten years, I tried to manage it, you know, and I guess that was even worse, you know, and and um, eventually, you know, like I just repeatedly, you know, decimated my relationship with my partner, and um, you know, I brought her to the point many times where not only did she want to leave, but there was a couple of times where she, you know, she wanted to kill herself, you know, and, and I couldn't understand it, you know, I thought, hang on, I got all the problems. I've got all the issues. This is about me, you know. I don't even know what you're carrying on about, you know. And I'd go home and I'd lie and, you know, and she'd have a calendar. She'd have calendars, a calendar. She'd have calendars where she'd mark an X on the days when I never came home or the nights when I never came home, you know. And, and some of those years had, you know, like, I don't know, anywhere up to six months of nights where I never came home, you know, and... And the truth was that, you know, lots of those nights that I did come home, but I just never came into the house, you know, um, because I couldn't, you know, because I guess that, you know, inside, you know, um, I, I couldn't meet up to my morals, my truth, you know. Um, I wanted to do the right thing, you know, like the grass was never greener on the other side, you know, when the, you know, the, I exhausted the party and, you know, and I really wanted to do the right thing and I wanted to look after my family and I, you know, I loved my family, you know, greatly. But, um, but I just could not get my act together. I couldn't leave it alone. You know, I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't do the right thing, you know. And, um, and it's funny, like, you know, when I first started trying to do that, I remember that she said to me, she said, you know, you're a good man, Danny, you know. And, um, and she wasn't to say that again for a long, long time, you know. And, um, but, I, but I held on to that, you know, and... Uh, and then I started to come back to meetings, you know, and I started to come back to meetings and, and I guess that, you know, I, I started to, you know, I guess my ears started to open up a bit more and I started to hear people that, you know, that thought like me and that drank like me and, 
you know, because my head just finds, you know, they, they, what do they say when you come to meetings, you know, listen for the similarities and not the differences, you know. Yeah, good luck with that, you know. I listen for the differences, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I believe, you know, and no one here will judge you. I don't know what sort of head you've got, but, you know, like mine, it's just a machine, you know. And, um, and so I figure if I'm doing it, you know, probably, you know, most of the other people are too, you know. Um, but I started to come back to meetings and, you know, I had an experience where, you know, we went on a, a sort of retreat with a fellowship for a weekend and, you know, I'd been making all these promises to my family, you know, to my partner and that, you know, once again that I was never going to do it again, that this was it, this was the last time and, you know, and the next day I walked out and, and walked into a pub and started drinking and, you know, rode off a car and ended up back at home at one o'clock in the morning, you know, just like, you know, and I mean, once it's happened, you know, it's happened, it's like, oh, well, you know, move on, keep going, you know, and I woke them all up and said, Dad's home, you know, and she sort of came out and said, what are you doing here, you know, and, um, you know, and I guess it's a question that I never had an answer for, you know, and, um, and so, you know, what happened that night was, was for me, was a, was a real catalyst because it was, it was a turning point. It was the first time that I realised, you know, that I didn't have an answer for why I acted the way that I did. Why, when you know, when all the chips were down, you know, when I had that that uh, you know that opportunity where I just you know threw it to the wall again, you know, and um, I came back the next day and you know to meetings and um, you know like I, I started to to try to do the suggested things, you know, like I I asked someone to be my sponsor and you know I wasn't good at asking people for help, you know, it was it was like you know I thought I should be able to do that myself, you know. Um, and, um, and I did, and, um, you know, I remember just sweating profusely about it and just having, just being full of fear, you know, and, um, and this guy said, you know, it'd be a pleasure, and, you know, like, he sort of started to take me through the steps, you know, and, um, you know, and with the steps, like, you know, there was some things in there that I just didn't agree with, that I just didn't think that I had the capacity to do, you know, that were just too, too hard. They filled me full of, you know, dread. I don't know about fear, just dread, you know, and... Um, you know, and, and part of that was the ninth step about, you know, making amends for the damage that I'd done. And I'd just about affected just about everyone that I'd come into contact with, you know, for the last 20 years prior. And, um, you know, so I did the parts that I thought were OK, you know, and, and I left the other parts out, you know. And, and I started to come to meetings, you know, and I'm like a chameleon, so I can come and sort of, you know, pick up the language and start to, like, you know, um, started to share and, you know, got a bit more confidence and, you know... Um, orchestrated my shares and, and, you know, sort of, yeah, tried to, tried to be friendly to newcomers and, you know, but there was some essential ingredient was missing. And after nine months, you know, like I came home late one night, my, my, uh, my partner was doing the laundry, you know, and, um, and she was standing there like, you know, berating me for being late again, you know, and I'm just leaning against the doorway and I said, I, I busted, you know, I picked up and she nearly fell over and I guess, you know, she thought it was over. You know, and so did I. You know, I, I thought that it was over, and, and um, I guess the thing that changed for me was the fact that, like, you know, the, the the little bit of evidence was the fact that coming around here and, and you know, trying to be part of this, you know, that um, something that actually happened. I didn't comprehend it, you know, and um, but something had taken place, and that had never happened to me, you know, over the course of me drinking, and you know, and um, it took me, you know, three months to come back. You know, they talk about the uh, the doors getting smaller and 
and um, I sat at the back of the meeting and you know I felt like a failure and um, you know and then I engaged again and I was to go in and out of the rooms for three years you know and, and I tell you I wasn't I didn't come here as a tourist you know like um, I came when I came here you know like I, I I got a sponsor you know I looked at the steps I engaged you know I, I tried to participate you know but um, there was just one bit of the ingredient missing you know and um, a couple of months later I'd pick up again. And I guess that bit of the ingredient was that, you know, I thought I had something to do with staying sober. You know, and um, just, uh, just nearly on almost, you know, to the, in another month it'll be seven years and, you know, I, I came into contact with a guy and, and um, he changed my whole life, you know, and I, I suppose he understood alcoholism and, um, and he'd done what he needed to do to recover. And he was the first person, I guess, that I'd, you know, I don't know if it was just that I could listen, but he was the first person that didn't tell me not to drink. You know, um, and that, that caught me attention really quick, you know, and, and basically helped me to understand alcoholism and he helped me to understand, you know, to, to find the truth of my condition, you know. Um, and um, he talked about that condition of mind and body, the fact that, you know, when I put one in my system, I can't control the amount that I take. And, and more so, if, you know, if you've just got an allergic reaction to alcohol, well, just don't drink, you know. <coughs> just, just make a decision not to drink on a daily basis and you'll stay sober, you know, and... But my greatest problem is, you know, is, is in my mind, you know, that um, I cannot manage a decision to never do it again. In fact, you know, like I still believe to this day that I will drink again, left untreated. You know, um, there's a real criterion around that. Um, of my own devices, I will do it again, you know. And, um, and so, you know, when I, I, I'd sort of seen the truth in it, I accepted it. I remember it brought tears to my eyes, you know. Because, one, because I thought, you know, I'm stuffed, you know, like I'm going to do it again. And the other thing was that, you know, like how am I going to live without it? I don't know any other way to live. You know, that's the only solution I ever had because my worst problems happened when I got sober. You know, like, um, you know, I, I couldn't, you know... Couldn't handle the feelings. I couldn't deal with my emotions. You know, I was a. I'd just run it at every every point. You know, when it became too difficult or I got too overexcited, and um, and then he introduced me to an idea of a solution. You know, and um, and I suppose that you know I was teachable at that stage, and I started to like you know ask, what do I need to do? What can I do? You know, and um, we worked through the second step. You know, and one of the things that, that changed my perspective. Um, perspective on it was, um, you know, I think where he talks about, you know, like, uh, you know, he's the father and we are his children, you know, and, and I was asked, you know, the question was prompted to me about what would I have my father be, you know, and, and for me, you know, it came down to like, you know, not, not be judgmental, be there when I needed him, you know, give me guidance, you know, love me for who I am, you know, and um, all good stuff. You know, and, and I suppose that I got directed to, to pray, you know, and, um, and I remember when I started to pray, you know, like I, I got told to put a, a sign somewhere where I'd see it first thing in the morning, you know, it said, I am alcoholic, I need God, hello God, you know, and, and the hello God bits when I get on my knees, you know, and I ask God for help or ask me to God, you know, what he would have me be through the day and, you know, I started to do that in a, in a, in a little room with the door shut you know, and I'd be looking, going, you know, someone coming, you know, and dead set, you know, talk about fear of judgment. And, but I started to do it, and I guess, you know, like, for me, that was acting as if, you know, and, and I didn't really have a problem with that because, 
you know, I'd been acting as if most of my life, you know. I mean, you know, I spent 10 years in prison surrounded by, you know, people who were just as selfish as me um, and lunatics, you know, and putting on this front full of fear that I was a tough guy or that I could handle myself, you know, to, to, to ward off any, any danger, you know. So I was already acting as if, you know, and um, so I started to apply that. And, um, you know, and I've been doing that ever since, you know, and um, I guess that what happened was as, as a result of that prayer, you know, like I'd already, I already knew a fair bit about the big book and, you know, I had been in study groups and stuff like that and, and I heard this guy talk about, you know, a set-aside prayer and, and, um, and we'll have a, a, a steps, we'll study in the book of an afternoon and... Um, you know, I started saying this set aside prayer in the morning, you know, and, um, you know, help me to set aside everything I think I know about me, everything I think I know about you, and everything I think I know about my own recovery for a new experience in you, Lord, a new experience in myself, and a, new, and a much needed new experience in my own recovery. And, um, and then I guess, you know, what happened was um, a question got asked about a passage in the book that I, I knew I was familiar with, you know, and, and I want to, like, I know, I know, you know, because, <laughs> you know, it's always all about me. And, and, um, and, and I did that, and then I couldn't recall that information, you know, and I wondered, what's going on here? You know, like, I know that. Why can't, I couldn't get it out, you know, and then it hit me about that set-aside prayer. And that's the first spiritual experience that I had doing this, you know, and I actually knew, you know, that it didn't come from me. You know, and, and that started me, I guess, you know, coming to believe that a power greater myself was maybe accessible to me, you know, and, um, and I've had many, many experiences, you know, through, through the journey of my, you know, my sobriety. And, um, and for me, they're, you know, they're experiences when I know that, you know, that it didn't come from me or that my thinking has shifted a little bit as a result of the actions that I take, you know. And, and um, yeah, so I guess that, you know, today... You know, the one thing that, is, you know, that remains solid is the fact that I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, my head goes on continuously about what I know, you know. The difference is that I don't, just don't give it, you know, much credit. You know, I, I, don't, I don't feed into it. I just sort of, you know, let it drift in and drift out, you know. And, um, you know, and I suppose, you know, the, the, the other evidence that I do have is that my life just continues to, to, to unfold, you know, despite my best efforts to stuff it up, you know. <laughs> and I come along here this morning, you know, and um, you know, I always get nervous doing this stuff, but, you know, one thing I'll, I'll just finish on this is that, you know, like I've never knocked back an opportunity to, to do what I've been asked to do if, if, you know, if I'm able in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, like um, I've never knocked back a share you know, like, I don't care if I get asked if I go to 15 meetings in a day, which is not possible. But if I did, <laughs> and I got asked to share at every single meeting, I would share, you know. And I don't know if some people would say that's ego. I don't believe it is. I believe it's a postcard from God. I believe these meetings are run by God conscious, you know. And um, I don't know how much we have to do with it at all. So if I get asked, you know, why would I knock back an opportunity to be helpful? You know, despite what I have going around it, despite what fear or anxiety or, you know, uh, feelings of, you know, that I can't do this or I'm not good enough, you know, just do it. 
you know, because obviously, you know, that God obviously wants me to speak, you know, and so, you know, I've chopped and changed and jumped all over the joint, and, but, um, you know, hopefully you'll uh, get something out of this weekend and, um, and, you know, like I used to hear someone say at the Harmony Group, you know, and at first I used to get, I used to be like, yeah, what do you want about, mate, you know? And he used to open it up and say, G'day, truth seekers, you know? <laughs> And that's what we are. You know, I come here to find my truth, not necessarily yours, mine, you know, and, and the plan and follow the plan that maybe God has for me. So thanks very much for allowing me to speak. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au. Thanks for letting us share.